Few things are harder than the mission of raising your kids. At The Dad Project, we get experienced dads to reveal what's worked for them, offering practical, time-tested advice. Being a successful dad is tough, and we're here to help you get it done. Welcome to The Dad Project. In this special Valentine's Day episode of The Dad Project, Jim Tierney discusses the meaning of true love and how we can be better dads by first loving our wives really and truly. Jim is co-founder of The Dad Project. He and his wife have 10 children. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that if you care enough about being a dad and about your marriage to be listening to this podcast, your marriage was meant to be. Do I think that some people get married and it's not the right decision and perhaps there was some underlying problem that makes a true marriage difficult to achieve? Well, yes, but men who are invested in their family life enough to be seeking improvement, I believe are very likely to have been meant to be together with their spouse from all time. And therefore, if you were always meant to be together, if there was some providence at work there, Another way to say it is that you and your wife were made for each other. Acceptance of and deep contemplation of this reality, I believe, is what can bring us to an understanding of the meaning of true love in marriage. Now, I know this podcast is about being a dad, but if you've listened to some of our other episodes, you've probably heard some of the contributors say that the foundation of a strong family life where the children feel loved and valued is built on the love of mom and dad. And Valentine's Day is coming up, so we thought the topic was timely. Okay, so let's explore this idea of having a marriage that was meant to be. Here's what I think follows from the idea of being made for each other. Our wives were made for our marriage, just the way they are. You might have noticed that your wife didn't come with a set of instructions that we should mold them and form them into our own idea of what the ideal wife should look like. We shouldn't expect to find those instructions, we shouldn't seek them, and we shouldn't set out on a path to change our wives, change their personalities or the way they act. Now, of course, spouses are called to set good examples for each other, and to my observation, that usually results in spouses making each other truly and profoundly better. But that needs to happen naturally in the course of a life spent together. Think about it this way. If my wife was made for me and I set about trying to change things I decide are her faults, I don't have true love for the woman who was made to be with me. And I risk sending a message that I'd love her more if she was someone else. That's not true love. True love accepts the other the way she was made. Going a step further, I believe that accepting our wives the way they are implies a lot about the way we need to act. Accepting another person the way they are involves a lot of biting our tongue, not being critical, not piping up about her faults, whether they're real or imagined by us, and especially not making projections of our own shortcomings, then blaming her for things we're even worse at. The 4th century Roman orator, Augustine of Hippo, advised that in order to stop being fixated on others' faults, we should work to overcome the defects we see in others. 
we will then cease to see them in others because we won't have them ourselves. Now I know it is hard to look past another person's faults, but it gets to another aspect of true love that I want to call attention to, and that's our own sacrificing of self. And here it's important to point out, this means making sacrifices in the way our wife wants them. I mentioned this book before in other episodes, but I think Gary Chapman's Five Love Languages is relevant to our efforts here. Regardless of the love language that aligns best with your wife, we always have to infuse our self-sacrifice with affection for her so that we don't come off as treating it as a favor that we're doing for her while keeping some precise accounting of services rendered in a mental ledger somewhere. A wise married friend of mine recently told me that he was asked by an unmarried friend when he knew that his wife was the one. He replied that it was when he knew how she needed to be loved. It goes beyond liking her, of course, and enjoying spending time with her. My friend said that when he knew how his future wife needed to be treated in order to bring out the very best in her, then he knew how to fulfill his vows and his mission. That was the word he used, his mission to be her husband. Now, whether we were as thoughtful as my friend was, dads, and I dare say I was not, why not return to this insight frequently from wherever we are right now? Let's ask ourselves at the end of each day, did I love my wife in the way that brings out the best in her? If we didn't hit the mark, what can we do tomorrow to try again and get better? If we did hit the mark, did we notice how happy it made us? How could it not? Making the person we were made to be with happy. That's true love. I want to return for a few moments to self-sacrifice. Another way we might approach our efforts to sacrifice our time and efforts for her is to think about what our wives' worries and anxieties are and get to work on addressing them. If she's feeling overwhelmed by taking care of the kids, we need to sacrifice that couch time we might like to enjoy when getting home and help with the kids. If she's embarrassed by the appearance of the house, what does it cost us rather than some extra energy to put additional work in to do a better job of fulfilling our fair share or going above and beyond an overly rigid breakdown of who shares and what percentage of the chores? Where's this self-sacrificing love in having a puffed up and disordered sense of the injustice of how much our wives are contributing to the chores? My kids fall into this trap all the time, basically counting the spoons that their siblings put in the dishwasher and making a federal case out of it in their miserly heart when it tells them the spoon count fell short of the number the accuser had arbitrarily determined was acceptable. You know what happens to miserly amateur prosecutors in our house? They get to finish all the dishes on their own. Do they learn their lesson? Nope. They've taken up the case of the forks the next day. They must be thinking, you know, for some inexplicable reason, Dad didn't want to hear about Spoongate, but he's definitely going to want my investigative report on the great fork injustice of 2021. After all, it's so painstakingly researched and cross-indexed. Dads, do you think I'm off topic here? Because I don't. Our kids' antics over chores are a metaphor. Heck, they might be more like an exact replica of the very same types of childish attitudes we can fall into if we don't have a cheerful, self-sacrificing attitude about the work required 
by both spouses and every kid who can contribute when it comes to building a home that spills over with love and generosity. At our funerals, do we want the child of ours who is picked to eulogize us to say, he was recklessly generous with his time, his affection, and everything he had, especially to our mother? Or are we hoping that the eulogy will pay homage to the exacting precision with which dear old dad accounted for everyone's daily contribution to work around the house, especially moms? Which one sounds more like true love? I tell my kids constantly, take a look around and admit to yourself that everyone works hard around here. Ask yourself what you can do to help our family and relinquish your self-appointed role of workhouse manager. No one gave you that job. And I fully admit, fellow dads, I need to take my own advice a lot more often. All right, how about a positive story about making self-sacrifice when something wasn't technically my assigned job? There were times as our family grew that we seemed to be buried under a mountain of laundry. We'd always broken up the chores in such a way that my wife had handled the laundry. She used to do it during the day. But we never thought about adjusting things, even though we had more kids who had more needs that required her time all day long, and we found that the laundry was piling up. Well, we came up with a new plan to fold it together, to spend time with each other, and talk after the kids were in bed. That's a win-win all around. For you, maybe it will require you to take the kids for a few hours on Saturday so your wife can recharge or finish up some work that she has or catch up on sleep. Regardless of what we do to exhibit true love, we should cultivate a mindset of self-sacrifice in the ways that will serve our wives best. The next thing I'll say about true love is that we'd be wise to go back to those vows we made. True love requires commitment, lifelong in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health. We are called to love and honor our wives all the days of our lives. Those bad times, those times of sickness, unemployment, they can test us. But you know, I often tell members of my team at work that we need to worry about those things we can control and not about the things we can't. This approach can help us with the ability to maintain good cheer in the face of serious illness or being able to handle the stress of a layoff at work in a way that doesn't stress us out so much that we can't find it in our hearts to show love and affection. Our wives and kids need us especially in those bad times. How we show up for them can be an expression of true love. The last point I'll make here in defining true love is to quote Aristotle's definition that to love is to will the good of the other. Dads, in a life spent together with a spouse, we'll be much happier ourselves if we do whatever it takes to will the good of our wives, to give her the best life we can give her. And I'm not necessarily talking about material or financial quality of life, although we should never stop striving to provide for the essentials to the best of our ability. What I'm really talking about when I say the best life we can give her is the emotional support, the giving up of my own preferences, if it serves her better. As husbands and dads, we are called to serve our wives and children's ever better, ever more thoughtfully, and ever more lovingly. This is what gives them a good life, and that's something most of us can control. As we approach Valentine's Day with its pink and red consumer goods, with its products and media that often point to something other than true love, let's commit to rehabilitating the idea of true love. 
so that rather than being duped into chasing a lesser caricature purveyed to us in greeting cards and so-called romantic movies, we become men who know how to give our wives the best of us, the true love they deserve from us, and thus the good life that will make us happy together. Hey, thanks for listening to The Dad Project. If this talk was valuable to you, please go to our website at dadproject.net and make a voluntary one-time or recurring donation to help support our operations. Any amount helps. Catch you next time at The Dad Project.